Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hey Rush Nation, what is going on? Welcome to the IDP podcast with me, Nate Davis. It's been a very busy week for everybody involved in the IDP side of things because we've we've been all busy drafting as the, the leagues have kicked off. Before I get into that, I just want to introduce my my number two, Mr. Brendan Veal. How you doing, Bren? Yeah, good, mate. Good, mate. How's, uh, how's your week been? Busy. Very, very busy. It's been absolutely crazy just trying to get... Obviously, we had the pod with Mason. Let's get all that all sorted and up together and get that out. And then we moved on to the to the NFC South. And yeah, there's a lot of notes for us to write up and go through on this. And then we had the, uh, when the leagues kicked off, it was complete bedlam. And it is it is absolutely crazy at the moment. Drafting, everything's moving pretty well. Yeah. Are you, well, I'll tell you where we are at the moment. In the three, it's only three leagues. So you shouldn't, it shouldn't be as much bedlam as it as it is, but it has it has been it has been just generally keeping everybody moving like usual. But it hasn't been too bad. Uh, so so far we're the Lawrence Taylor League. We're in round ten. That's the one that's motoring on. Yeah, that's shifting. Got a good group on there. Uh, Ray the Ray Lewis League. They're in round five, sort of midway round five. We've got we've both myself and Brendan both have teams in there. The Mike Singletary League. We. Don't have teams in that one. We're just commissioners on that, joint commissioners on that. Um, uh, they're also in round five, just at the back end of round five. So they're they're doing all right. But it has been really interesting between the leagues and seeing who has come off when. Um, just just comparing the, the two um, that we we we've got teams in. We've got teams in the Lawrence Taylor League, and we've got teams in the Ray Lewis League. Um, both myself and Brendan both got one team each, so we're both drafting our own players, not doing it together, which is very, very interesting. Like I said, um, and just the the differences. So to summarise what's happened, 
One league, the Lawrence Taylor League, didn't start off following suit. I mean, it went running back, running back to start with. These Superflex yeah. leagues, the Superflex leagues, McCaffrey and then Alvin Kamara come off really early, which was a shocker. Um, yeah, I was surprised. Um, yeah, I didn't, didn't see that happening quite so early, but uh, no. there you go. Yeah, he's gone. But it, yeah, certainly it's been very, you know, the first sort of couple of rounds with, I think, you know, just looking across it now, what, a couple of wide receivers, it was literally running backs and QBs all over the place. Um, which which, you, you know, kind of which you'd expect, yeah. Yeah, but the the only thing was, is I think, like, I had a few people just messaged me directly and all said, oh, this is super flex, isn't it? So straight away, off those points, one of them was Rich, obviously, Rich was Dynasty Island. He came straight, straight in saying, you know, oh, hang on a minute. And to be fair, it, it is it has been quite incredible, the... the slow take up on running um on quarterback knowing that they are you know put they are by far the most most valuable players in this in this format however yeah i think people are just building building their current rosters and not really thinking maybe of the long-term effects of that but well we'll wait and see the other division that i'll talk about is the ray lewis league that one let me just check so that one did go off like normal. Mahomes, Allen, Murray with the first three bits. So you're expecting those. And then McCaffrey broke it up. Then Herbert. So so yeah, the kind of the kind of picking that you would expect really with with the QBs. And actually, this gone a bit. It's gone a bit tight and wild later on. But apart from that, that one's that one's looks a little bit more normal to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of tight ends, I mean, I, I've got a. I've got a bone to pick with you, actually. Um, now, before, <laughs> yeah. Now, before I go any further with this, I just just want to remind people that we've been, you know, friends for what 20, 20 years now. You know, best men at each other's weddings. You know, your godfather to my daughter. Yeah. So I'm just just putting that out there before I, I explain to people. So we had a bit of a, a chat yesterday, just as um, the Lawrence Taylor League was was sort of getting underway, and um, I was picking at, at twelve, so it was going to snake back sort of straight to me, and I was looking at, and I see, and, and I know a lot of people in the five yard fam and fantasy generally they're not big on on going sort of you know uh going in on a tight end sort of too early and there's different schools of thought on that but i had a brief conversation with you on yesterday um <laughs> about the possibility i thought i, I actually said to you i said you know, I, quite, I might go in tight end early you know get a good one on the board and be done and i was looking at darren waller and what your words as i recall correct me if i'm wrong yeah, but just remember, Brent, it's Dynasty. He's, he's no spring chicken. So, oh, yeah, I did. With that. That, with that in mind, I went, no, he's got a point. I'll go Jonathan Taylor. And then on the turn, I took Trevor Lawrence. So, who came off the board? I was 3 9. Yeah, okay. I did take, I did take one of them. And you took, you took him in the other league as well. I know, I've got him, I've got him in both leagues. I don't know. So, the, the, um, prob- the problem is with that single tight end spot. It is for me. If you got, you know, I know that the the other guys have really touched on this, Murph, and it is about whether you either you stretch for the top top three or then you just leave it, just leave yeah. the position altogether. Mind you, I've been shocked at seeing how early some some of these somebody took pits really early. I saw pits fly off. I don't know. I'm sorry, yeah, I might... he, he went off in yeah. He, he went off in the third round. Um, in not in the uh, in the Ray Lewis League, 
Yeah, you so, did. And I think that then prompted. I think you must have had a look at that, and you've what? taken Waller because I I went I went in and took Kelsey, uh, my next pick in in sort of round four. So, yeah, the the tight end started going off the board a bit earlier than. Um, it's strange in the Ray Lewis League though because it really hasn't followed um, ADP or anything like that. Not mm. too much because it, it. I mean, with the tight end wise, I know it's dynasty, but it went it went pit it yeah it went Pitts first, Kiddle second, Kelsey third, Waller mm. fourth. Yeah, which I was like, okay, uh, yeah. okay. And then you've just seen you know Mark Andrews and Noah Fantu come off the board as well. So oh, that, that's got to be that's just got to be because they're all go because they've been you know they've been going people are. People are jumping the gun on it. Some yeah. no fan. That's incredible. But that's the guy. You the guy who's done that is the guy that guy that took um, Kamara first. So he's got he's he's got a whole different game plan to where he's playing completely different. But I tell yeah. you what, his roster's looking half decent. In, he's actually in two of the leagues. Yes. Yes, he is. Yeah, he's in both. Yeah, both the ones we've we've got teams in. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I mean, what I suppose from our point of view and and sort of getting back on track with the the defensive side of things it's been interesting to see in both leagues now and like you say that the Lawrence um league sort of um, motoring on at a, a fair rate um but we're already starting to see you know as early as you know sort of the fourth round really some of the top top defensive players starting to come off the board a couple of which we're going to uh, touch on um yeah on the pod yeah. today so uh, yeah Dev- Devin White went off first in the is that the Ray Lewis one? Yeah, Ray Lewis. Yeah. Ray, Ray Lewis League. You went off first. You get the four point eight, and that's and then and then, that, and then Leonard on the off the on the fifth round. Yeah, I don't. I've just I've just taken um, Aaron Donald off the board as well. So, and interesting, um, interestingly enough, he went in the fifth round, middle of the fifth round, and then again Darius Leonard also in the fifth round. So it's about mm. it's about right. It looks like to me that that. Just does seem a bit of a consensus that people are around that five. It's round five, really, is the where it all seems to start happening for the defensive players. Yeah, yeah. So you you know you start like you say you start to expect some of those sort of um, those makes, top ones to to go, which makes sense with a lot of people to go in. You know, two QBs <laughs> and then maybe one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end, whatever. But you know what I mean? That those four spots are made up with that meaning that you. F- in that fifth round, you've got the choice then of whether you choose to take another running back, choose to take a wide receiver, or you you go right. It's IDP time. Let's let's start getting some of these top players off. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think obviously because of the you know the the whole IDP plus scoring system and all the rest of it that you know there's there's more importance being put on on those top guys, um, which. It's what we're here. You know, it's why we're here. Yeah. It's, uh, it's what we were looking to see, really. So, um, well, yeah. Have you, gonna... have, have you had any uh, so strategy-wise? Have you have you changed or I I was actually in the uh, Lawrence Taylor division. I was going to go linebacker first, and then I watched them take White and Leonard went off, and I just zag. I you know, you saw me post that where I was like because they zigzag. We call it like that. So you just go against the grain. So I went Jamal Adams. Mm. Because I thought, right, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm now out of the top. The top two linebackers have gone off. I'm going to take the top DB. Just and then I, I, you took Butter Baker. Same thing, and I thought, yeah, okay, because they are a bit. That, 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 deep- that was mainly because I had Adam sort of queued up, but you got to him first, so I've, I've, <laughs> I've been but, sniped but, again. 
But the, <laughs> I tell you what, though. But in for me, in the DB spot, that is more of a tight end kind of situation for me, where you got to mm. take, you got to take the take one of the top two, three. Uh, maybe chuck Jeremy Chin in it or somebody like that. But apart from that, then you're starting to, you know, you can probably leave the position for a bit. You know, there's yeah. some good ones further do- on down the line. Um, yeah, and um, and this is, you know, this is all part and parcel of what what we're trying to do here, which is, yeah, okay, you you know, you you've got the you, you've got the main ones going off as you as you said, you know, people like Jeremy Chin, etc. Um, and you'd expect them to go round about that sort of round five, round six, as you you've already mentioned. Um, but then, if you do decide to leave the position alone, it's really a case of, of finding that that hidden value further on down the the board, isn't it? So. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so we're doing the NFC South this week. So last division of the NFC. You're gonna kick. You're gonna kick it off. You're gonna kick it off. Kick, kick it I'll off with have, Tampa. I'll have a go. Well, actually, I'm gonna kick off with um with the Panthers <laughs> if I can. Do it. Um. So um. So yeah, because I, I found it once I started sort of drilling down into it, it was um. I found the Panthers quite quite fun to do, actually. So looking back over the last season, there's no getting around the fact that Carolina was, you know, based on the stats, bottom half defence. However, I do like the potential of this young defence. Um, you know, it's, it's looking very progressive. And, I mean, you've only got to look at, I mean, the, there had been issues with that defence at Carolina. And you only had to look at the 2020 draft for a kickoff. So, just recapping on that round one, Derek Brown, DL. Round two, oh god, I always struggle with this guy's name. Yutter Gross Mattis, Edge, um, or Yetta, I suppose it is. Uh, round two, Jeremy Chin, safety. Round four, uh, Troy Pride Jr., cornerback. Round five, Kenny Robertson, another safety. Round six, Bravian Roy, another DL. Round seven. Uh, Stanley Thomas Oliver, another cornerback. So it's safe to say, looking at the 20 draft, that uh, Matt Rule and his defensive coordinator, Phil Snow, were basically going balls deep to rebuild that defence. Now, the problem with a lot of rookie defensive players when they come into the NFL, it takes a little while to become established. Um, So as a result, they, they quite often they, they won't become relevant for us as, as sort of fantasy players for a while. Some of them just, you know, slot straight in, but uh, the vast majority sort of bed in and um, establish themselves in the team over the first sort of season or two. Um, not in Carolina, apparently. Um, all seven of those rookies had time on the field. Um, and there were a couple in particular that really, really hit the ground running. Um, so with that in mind, I'm going to kick off for a change. I'm going to change tack a bit this week and start with the secondary. Uh, because obviously we've got to talk about uh, safety Jeremy Chin. 213 sort of fantasy points, averaging th- over 13 points a game, uh, played all 16 games. Projections show him, him sort of being there or thereabouts again next season, looking to finish the season again, well over 200 points at, at around the DB4 mark. He's, I mean, he's already off the board as we've touched on early um, in our Lawrence Taylor league or early-ish, I suppose, uh, where we'd expect him to go sort of round six. And looking at his rookie stats, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to see why um, his ADP is is where it is. 68 solo tackles, 49 assists, one sack, one pick, two forced fumbles, 
two fumbles recovered, resulting in two touchdowns. If the offence give this guy an inch, he will punish them. And I, th- I think he's only going to get better. Interestingly, Chin is listed on Sleeper currently as the LB number one. Now, Phil Snow has said that this season, he's, he, although Chin, you know, he's listed as safety, he's going to be looking for him to step up into the linebacker position more frequently. How's that going to impact on his numbers? Well, you know, uh, last week on the pod with Mason, Nathan warns people off, rightly so in my opinion, um, off players that that he affectionately terms sort of Swiss Army knife players. I think Chen's a bit of a, an exception, uh, well, you would make an exception for him because I think, to be honest, he's, he's got the skill set to, you know, to mix it up a little bit. But as we said, he's going to be going off the boards in a lot of these drafts early. So elsewhere in the secondary, well, Trey Boston, safety, he was released last week. Um, they've also lost um, Russell Douglas who, at corner. Um, he's just uh, signed recently with the Raiders, uh, both of whom had, had decent seasons. Then you're down to safety, sort of Justin Burris, just over 100 fantasy points off 13 games, currently ranking around about sort of DB88. Um, I think if Chin is going to be used more as an LB um, on certain plays and the Trey Boston, you know, Trey Boston's release, um, you might be able to see a little bit of late round value in Burris. They had a few holes, you know, they've, uh, they've or they've got a few holes appearing in that secondary now, which would explain uh, why they're they're twenty one sort of first round draft pick. And my one to watch is um, is corner J C Horn. So yeah, as I say, drafted first round out of South Carolina. He's tall, he's athletic, he's got long reach. He's also got pedigree son of former Chiefs, Saints and, and Falcons wide receiver Joe Horn. Um, he, he certainly looks to have all the weapons to be a top NFL corner if he um, if he settles in early. And looking back at last season, we've seen, you know, Matt Rule will play these kids um, straight from the off. He's proven that. Like I said, all seven of the rookies last season had, had game time. Um, and some of them, at least two of them, uh, Chimby and one of them, played all 16 games. So... I think he could be quite a cute late rounds pickup if you, you know, certainly in the dynasty leagues anyway. Moving on to the linebackers, it's going to be a quick one. You've got Shaq Thompson, had a good season, uh, just over 200 fantasy points, uh, over 12 and a half average points a game. Current ADP, at 117, um, although he's, he's gone as late as 130. 113 total tackles. So, you know, last season, if if he's still on the board after the one twenty, I th- I think he's you know, or after an IDP uh, IDP ADP one twenty, if he's still there that late on, I, I'm I'd, I'd be taking him. Will he be affected by the Jeremy Chin sort of popping up at linebacker a bit more often as as Phil Snow suggested? Probably not for me because I think they'll they'll only I'm, I could be wrong, but I think they'll only really do that if they're if they're running a, a sort of two linebacker set. Um, I think Thompson will be, for the most part, the main orthodox linebacker. Um, for me, there isn't really any other value elsewhere in the, the linebackers in Carolina um, after Thompson. I mean, after that, you're dropping down to sort of Jermaine Carter at roundabout sort of LB115. So there's, there's no real sort of fantasy value um, further on down that, um, that part of the roster. The D-line is a little bit of a problem, um, certainly trying to pick value here. Because the Panthers, a bit like um, a bit like my Dolphins, actually, they they do like you know they're very much a multiple front team. Um, so there is 
fairly consistent rotation, um, making sort of finding fantasy value a little bit difficult. But um, one to look at, I think, would be Brian Burns, um, edge rusher, good season, over you know close to 190 fantasy points, DL 13, nine sacks, you know, which is worth highlighting. Projections show him pushing over the sort of the 200 uh, fantasy point mark next, um, well, this coming season. And, and probably finishing the season in and around that sort of DL7 position. Um, so he's likely to be a, a pretty consistent threat. Again, I suppose you, you could argue, you know, looking at where he's sort of coming off the boards, his current value is a little bit steep, uh, possibly. I could make a valid argument for, um, you know, maybe the Shaq Thompson being slightly better value if you can pick him up at the right time. But then, as we've already touched on, I've kind of got to put my money where my mouth is because I've, I've just taken Brian Burns off um, off the board in one of our leagues. So, yeah, so I've, I think he's he's good. You know, he's he's decent value. I don't think I've gone in gone in too early for someone like him. Elsewhere, you've got rookie nose tackle, sort of Derek Brown again. You know, he saw he saw a lot of snaps this season, um, but only only racked up sort of ninety eight points. So. Um, I'd, I'd be sort of swerving that one. So who are we liking at Carolina in the long run? Um, D-line, uh, I've said it, you know, I'd, I've already taken him. So I, I like Brian Burns. Uh, linebacker, Shaq Thompson, um, I think he's, he's good value. The DB is a no-brainer if, if he's there and you can get him at a, a, a reasonable sort of, um, you know, reasonable price than Jeremy Chin. And the one to watch, um, JC Horn. Um, I think he could could step up, and uh, again, you, you're not going to be looking at a, a sort of redraft, but um, yeah, I think in a dynasty league, um, he, he could prove to be a, a very very good cornerback in the long run. So that's the Panthers, mate. So yeah. who do you want to kick off with? Well, I just just on the Panthers. Um, yeah. In this division, obviously, we know the uh, elite offenses that are around and going to be on show. Obviously, especially with Tampa. Um, even with Atlanta as well, you know, they can be quite dynamic. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure they will be. Um, these de- defenses, it, it, for me, it's all about, I'll, I'll talk about Atlanta's plans moving forward in a minute, but also we know about the Saints as well. They've got a very much a pass rush heavy defense. Um, mm. And I see Carolina starting to do the same thing. They can bring the pressure from all sorts of areas of the field. That's where Jeremy Chin adds, he has so much value. I mean, the, the kid can play, like I said, linebacker. He can he, he can rush he can rush the QB, um, and he's an excellent safety. So, uh, for me, yeah, I know we said about that, like you said about the Swiss Army knife thing. But I think the difference is with Jeremy Chin is he started out as a safety with not a great deal of competition, so he managed to mm-hmm. bed into that position, and that's his core position at this point in time, which the problem was with Isaiah Simmons from the Cardinals. Um, he was against a hell of a linebacker core already. So, you know, he, he didn't start very well. So, you know, then he struggled to get back in. And I think it really worked well for Chin. He started well last season and and now they seem to have a decent sec- secondary. JC Horn's a great addition to that side. And um, I, I think they could be, uh, they could be, they're my outside tip of as the you know the interception kings next year. I got a feeling yeah. they might be right up there, right up there. Um, but I do like that defense. Nice young defense. Um, yeah, I, I think it's. I think they're going to be an exciting. Yeah, well, they. I mean, they. As I said, I mean, they 
they were finding their feet a bit last season. So, um, you know, they, they weren't, you know, anywhere near a a top defense, but uh, it's, as you say, you know, they're they're all sort of growing into those, those positions now. And, um, and yeah, I mean, for all I touched on with, you know, um, I'm not sure, I mean, I know I know the defensive coordinators come out and said, well, you know, he might be using Chin in a, a more flexible role, but they don't. I, I'm I'm adamant they'll only really do that on a on a yeah. sort of a multiple linebacker set because when you've got someone like Thompson who's who's a very very capable linebacker and yes. like like a lot of teams now they are really becoming more reliant on these these single. roaming flexible safeties and a single orthodox linebacker. So, yeah. um, but if they need to for certain certain plays then yeah chin can step up and and sort of make it a two in there but no i, I think he's he'd probably do farm and it's, it's an interesting one because if you look at his stats as well um sometimes again going back to what you touched on the last pod you look at these players that are maybe sort of going to be utilized in another role um and think well okay but how's that gonna is you know that's gonna see me take a, a bit of a hit on points somewhere well i mean from a safety you look at his tackling stats for yeah. safety last season you go well okay so if the odd occasion he steps up into linebacker he's you know those those tackles are just gonna gonna Fancy. go up so yeah fancy wise yeah there there i will touch i'm gonna you know I'll, I'll touch on what i'm gonna say about the saints just quickly i'm gonna do atlanta first but but the Saints are a hugely aging defense. It's huge. Yes. Like, like it's incredible, actually. Every every star position is 31 or 32 years old, put it that way. Um, yeah. And yeah, and have been, oh, God knows how many Pro Bowls they've all been to, together. I'll try and top that up in a bit. But anyway, um, but it's like the opposite at the Panthers. So, like, if you're looking at a team for dynasty um, pickups, Carolina are where it's at. The Saints in the redraft side of things, yeah, but the difference is at the moment now Carolina already with Chin's second year, uh, Burns' second year. Um, you know, you're yeah. looking, you're looking, yeah, they're looking, they're looking, they're looking good for the long haul. Um, I like what they're doing, Carolina. Um, yeah, um, and it's going to be interesting to see. So, right, so I'll go straight on with Atlanta. So, yeah. The Falcons. Now, the Falcons, people might not know this about me. So um, I got into, when I got into American football, one of my my closest friends, Andy, he's a massive Falcons fan. So I ended up watching two, three years of solid Falcons, uh, which was was interesting. But that has always, I've always got one eye on them moving forward. So I've often got quite a lot to say on them. Obviously, last season was a shocker for the Falcons defensively complete year to forget which ended with Dan Quinn losing his job they got torched multiple times defending the pass uh, really badly in their first game against Seattle and it didn't change much after that some of the stats suggest they were okay against the run Um, I just think that was probably a result of um, people throwing against them and not running the ball as much because they, did, it was, they didn't need to run the ball against them. exactly that exactly that so yeah that's probably what what happened they did have a pretty rookie sort of secondary last season very similar to what the vikings did they picked up um the young corner um what's his name is uh, aj terrell um, he was a, 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 I think it was like 27 or something like that. He came off the board in the 2020 draft. It was a bit of a shock, actually, that they took him so high. 
they have really high hopes of him. And I think they still have got high hopes of him. I think he's a, he's a decent, but he's just a little bit erratic, Terrell. I, I, we, we, I can remember watching his college tape and watching, he gave a, you know, he, he had hands on uh, the wide receiver way too much to the point of where he was, I remember watching it thinking, oh, I don't think he'll get away with that in the NFL. Um, and he actually did okay. I thought he did okay. Um, Points-wise was average. Um, but I'll go on to that in a minute. So, so, so yeah, to 2020, to summar- summarise, was a, a, a poor year for the Falcons in all ways, really. Uh, the whole organisation was a bit of a shocker. So they've got new defensive coordinator Dean Pease in, who's, who's been recently telling everybody that um, all the defensive players on the roster are going to blitz, um, which is an interesting thing to say. But he is stressing the need of pressure. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, it's because of this division. I mean, when you've got Tom Brady, okay, you haven't got Drew Brees this time, but you've got Tom Brady there. You've got people like Sam Darnold, you know, people like this pocket pass right here. You know, you've got to get pressure on them because if you let them play their game, they will rip you apart. Um, and that's what I think that's what that's the kind of mindset he's really going for and he's trying to do. Now, this is quite potentially this is really great news for fantasy. Um, you know, by all means, I love it when a coordinator, um, a coordinator comes out and he, say, he says, all oh, right, we're going to blitz. We're going to be blitzing constantly. We're going to be bringing the pressure. You go, right, OK, this is when we're going to be seeing more tackles, more sacks, more, you know, people trying to make those bigger plays, which which for us means bigger points. Um, so with that, a new defensive coordinator a new scheme so let's talk players really um i'm gonna pick as my edge i'm gonna pick there's i feel there's only really one and that's grady jarrett for me i suppose you could say dante fowler but fowler's slightly more in size so grady jarrett is my guy i liked him when they signed him he's a very consistent player he doesn't doesn't have much competition in his position. So I expect him to be pretty busy in 2021. In 2020, he played all 16 games. He scored 132.5 points, four sacks, 40.5 solo tackles, 25 assisted and 11 tackles for a loss. Um, Not particularly great points, but again, it was a strange old season for, for them. He was the top line, top line points wise in 2020. And he went to his second pro bowl. In 2019, he scored 197.5 points, which is much more like it, which included 7.5 sacks. Um, So he's consistently a safe pick. And with this kind of uh, blitzing mentality that they're going to have, I expect him to be busy and closer towards that sort of sack count that we saw in 2019. Um, With that, he's signed a four-year contract extension in 2019. So we've got no contract concerns currently if Grady Jarrett is off the board I would look at probably Dante Fowler Jr is that kind of other option there's a few young players coming through but not enough to mention at this time I wouldn't even I wouldn't even bother too much yet um I would stick to that if you're looking at taking taking a player off it would either be Grady Jarrett or then behind would be Dante Fowler Jr um linebacker there's one top linebacker it's in uh, Atlanta, and it has been that way for a while, actually. Um, and it's Deion Jones. I expect him to play every snap going forward. He, he was the team sack leader in 2020 um, with 4.5 sacks. He's got a decent tackle floor. 
Uh, he's And like I said, he's one of my top draft top targets. I've actually been, Richard sniped me with him in the Lawrence Taylor League, which was a bit of a pain because I, I really didn't expect him to go off that at that point. So 254 points, all 16 games played last year, 73 solos, 33 assisted tackles. So as I said, decent tackle floor. Um, in this new scheme, which could be all again, again saying the same thing, all, all about the blitz. It gives Deion Jones more upside. I'm going to talk about another linebacker in my outside pick. Um, so when I said there wasn't, there's only one, there's one senior linebacker in Deion Jones. I'll talk about um, the other linebacker in my outside pick, like I said. Um, um, and he was a, a, a surprise um, last season. Right, so linebacker Deion Jones. Let's go over to my DB. Um, DB is a difficult one. Um, mentioned earlier uh, about AJ Terrell. It's a decent pickup, but but again, talking about this kind of uh, addition of, of blitzing and this this idea of 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 adding more pressure onto the quarterback, you probably with that kind of information, you probably should be picking up a safety because if that is the case and he's true to his word, word Dean Pease, and that's what he's all about. Um, he's going to be expecting his safeties to be joining, to be coming up into the box and to be doing a bit of blitzing now and again. With that in mind, they had Keanu Neal has gone to the Cowboys, one of my favourite players, Keanu Neal, um, and he has to be replaced. Um, they picked up a rookie in the draft. They picked up safety Richie Grant. Now, Richie Grant, um, slightly, not not slightly under the radar a little bit, he was up there with my top safeties in 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 the draft, but not the top, not actually at the top. So when when uh, Atlanta invested like they did, I, I was again a little bit of a shock. He's slightly undersized. Um, he had a great twenty great twenty twenty college numbers. Um, he was graded uh, a ninety point zero run defense grade, which was the first in all safeties. Um, he also had. 20, 23 defensive stops, which was the second of um, draft eligible safeties. Um, so this kid is he's decent stock, and obviously the Falcons value him as as as, as quite an early. Well, I think it's pick forty is an early second round pick. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think there's there's going to be some serious snaps for Richie Grant, and it's, it potentially could be um, it could be their Jeremy Chin version that could be happening here with Richie Grant. Um, so, so yeah, if he's around, grab him. Outside pick. So, Foisaid Oluokon. Let's, let's all say it. Everybody say it together. Come on, let's get this right. Oh, you're all right. You're right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, Oluokon was out, come out of the blue last year. Uh, who is this guy? Um, he had, last year, he had dual designation on Sleeper and... Um, he was listed as a DL and linebacker. Um, and he, because of that, well, he finished as the linebacker 15 in 15 games last season, right? That's the linebacker 15. If you use his DL designation, he finished as the DL three and outscored Aaron Donald. Just, just there you go. So just as a fantasy perspective, just take that in really. This guy, nobody really knew about, I think, in our home league, got one of our mates, Joe, at him um, and played him week in, week out. And he racked up some points constantly, tackled a crazy amount of tackling stats, which I was just about to go into. Um, his 
Now, Sleeper have removed that DL designation. It has gone. So you can't play him as a DL anymore. However, still look at him because he was the linebacker 15, over 15 games. His tackle stats were 78 solo and 39 assisted. Just to flip back to Dion Jones's, his was 73 solo and 33 assisted. And that was over 15 games. Ola Coons was over 15 games. All, um, Dion Jones played all, all the games. Um, they also got three sacks over those 15 games. There's, there's, there's nothing much between him and Dion Jones. Again, this talk of the blitz, keep, keep saying it. But again, if that is their if that is their method and that is the way that they're going to go, you should listen to what the DC is going to say. And yeah. Again, he, he's got to be a pick. Um, he's he's on the he's on the board he's on the board for he's he's on the board at, um, in both of those leagues at this moment in time, and he's already in my queue. And I bet Brent's just added him. Um, <laughs> when, am, when am I up next? Hang on. <laughs> so anyway, just to con- I'm just gonna have a look now. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to conclude, then Grady Jarrett at DL, Dion Jones at linebacker, Richard Grant at DB. And outside pick is Foisade Olukone. I've said it three, well said. Well three, said. Yeah. three or four different versions of that, I've said. But there you yeah. go. Yeah, well, I mean, I was struggling with Yeto Gross Matos at um, Panthers, okay. so yeah, we'll let you off that one. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh. But, um, um, okay, mate, so so now uh, that puts you over to the champions. I am. Let's just do the reigning world champions. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to start. It's maybe a little controversial. Um, I'm going to start by shooting a few holes in some of the the hype surrounding, as we said uh, last last year's um, or current sort of world champions. What? Um, and well, yeah, nothing too radical. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> but I mean, okay. But cards on the table. Fair play. They went all the way. Obviously, you know, helped a little bit by the fact they've got some rather tasty rookie QB, Tom something or other. Um, and um, they were good. They were definitely good. Not great. Not sort of 2018 Bears great. But, you know, why did they do so well? Well, if you take the the, the injury to Vita Vea, um out of the equation, they were very, very fortunate with injuries. And as a result, they were a very consistent defense. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, they were able to field, you know, sort of tried and tested players week in, week out in their preferred positions and, you know, if you're going to be successful in, you know, in the NFL, then to have a consistent defense really does give you, you know, a great sort of bedrock to build on. Um, I, I'm not having a downer on them, um, on the Bucks, um, as um, you know, as you'd expect, reigning world champs. You know, they're definitely, definitely some top players to look at um, from a fantasy perspective. No more so than at linebacker. We've already touched on this one as well. He's he's gone early in um, in a couple of IDP leagues that we've we've discussed at the start of the show. Um, asked Devin White, um, monster season last year. I mean, 326 fantasy points, uh, nearly 22 average points a game, um, and he, he he did actually miss one game as well. 97 solo tackles, 43 assists, nine sacks. Um, so yeah, it's no surprise again, like Jeremy Chin, who we, we touched on with the Panthers, um, Devon White's gone off the board early and, you know, as I say, in our IDP leagues, um, in fact, he went at, uh, yeah, went at five, five in the Lawrence Taylor league, as we've said. Um, but when you look at those numbers, that's not a shock. Um, 
I've read a few recent articles uh, that have been critical of, you know, White's positioning on occasion and that he relies, maybe he's a little bit reliant on his athletic ability to compensate and get him out of trouble. And to be honest, mate, I'm not really sure the stats support that argument. Um, and, you know, he's only 23. You know, his, his football brain is is going to improve and his positional, you know, sense will will follow. So, you know, and if quite frankly, if, if not all your dogs are barking and, and you think he's overrated, then um, I suppose, you know, there's, a, there's another obvious candidate to look at, and that's Levante David. Again, very good season. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, 260 fantasy points, uh, 16, just over 16 average points a game. Again, big tackle numbers, 82 solos, 35 assists, uh, one and a half sacks, one pick. Uh, my only concern with uh, Levante David as an option, again, from a dynasty perspective only, um, I think if, you know, if you're in a redraft league and he's there um, at a sensible price, then I'm, I'm taking him all day long. But, you know, he's 31 as opposed to um, yeah, uh, White, who's you know a lot younger. Um, so for that reason, yeah, you could argue his, his ADP of around sort of one three two is a, a little bit high, um, and um, you know, so I mean, people are opting for for sort of David over, you know, a twenty six year old Jalen Smith looking at the ADP stats, which is you know uh, that I find a, a little bit strange given as I've said his age. But if he's there later on, okay, yeah, you, you're gonna you're gonna certainly have a have a serious look at him. Jumping into the D line, again, like the linebackers, really, it's a choice of two on the on the face of last year's stats. At, at least you got uh, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, um, another good season, two hundred thirteen plus fantasy points, uh, over thirteen average points. 34 solos, 21 assists, nine and a half sacks. That's where a lot of his, his points are coming from. Um, great player, but again, from a dynasty perspective at 32, you know, his current ranking around DL5 is a little bit high. Um, personally, and I'm a little bit biased because I've got him in one of our home leagues, as Nathan knows, uh, you know, I, I think there's probably better value in Shaq Barrett. You know, he's, he's sort of four years younger than, than Pierre-Paul. Um, so as I said, you know, Pierre Paul at 32, you've got to be starting to wonder if he's, you know, he's going to be sort of creaking a little bit. Um, so Shaq Barrett as an alternative, not too far behind him by any means. Um, over 180 fancy points, over 11 average points a game, going off around about DL 15. So, you know, I, I think he'll, I, I think he could, you know, again, he'd be pushing that 200, 200 fantasy point mark uh, again this season. Um so, you know, the, I mean, the, the, sorry, the Pierre Paul age thing um, seems to have been addressed by them sort of drafting in uh, Joe Tryon at Edge um, at Washington. He uh, was their first round pick. Um, and I think long term he will be, although I think the Bucks are viewing um, Tryon as, as the obvious successors to, to Pierre Paul. Um, but uh, I think, again, uh, as a as a sort of you know putting stock in him, you, you're gonna have to be a bit patient. Um, barring sort of injuries to either Barrett or Pierre Paul, um, you know if if that were to happen, yes, I think you know I think Tryon would would sort of slot in you know fairly comfortably. Um, 
but it's, it's got to be one of the you know the two I've mentioned um, first and foremost, um, and then maybe sort of trying as a you know as more of a long termer. But uh, I think we'll have to see how he um, whether he gets sort of much in the way of game time this coming season. Um, I'm going to give an honourable mention to um, Indomitian Sue. Um, mm. He's not. Yeah, I mean, I've got fond memories of Sue. You know, the time he played at Miami was a you know he he, he just looked all the you know all the world for that. He was that sort of archetypal nose tackle but he's past his best isn't he really I think we've got to we're all sort of aware of that um we also do um need to talk about Vita Vea um Player. yeah um so again we, we're going from um Sue who's who I think is is past his prime to to another nose tackle in Vea um it, yeah I had a rough time of it last year you know fractured leg ended his his regular season not only do we know he's fit for this coming season, um, but the Bucks have recently also picked up his fifth year option. So they obviously have, you know, have a lot of belief in him, um, sort of, you know, coming back and, and coming back, you know, healthy and, and as good as he was before. Um, so I just wonder if he, you know, will there be you know, a little bit of a forgotten man with all the hype, you know, being talked about at certain you know, Lots of other DL players, some of which we touched on in recent weeks. You know, will he slip under the radar um, because he missed so much of last season? I don't know, but if you could, you know, the potential is if he's if he's still on the board, sort of mid to late rounds, and um, you know, you're after that sort of you know slotting in that DL position. If you've missed out on some of the obvious ones, there could be a real bargain there. Mm. Um, and then closing out with the secondary. Uh, Choice of three, arguably, here for me. Um, top cornerback uh, last season, Carlton Davis. Um, 186 fantasy points off uh, of just 14 games. Did miss a couple. So, you know, putting up some some good fantasy numbers. Our projections have him looking to kick on again if, if he plays all 16 games. Um, arguably, you know, he could comfortably clear that 200-point mark, uh, moving up to something like maybe just outside the top 10 sort of DBs, maybe a DB12. Mm-hmm. But um, the pick for me, actually, for them this season, if you are going to look at the secondary, is, um, is Antoine um, Winfield. Um, 182 fantasy points, um, finished, finished around sort of DB28. Um, wasn't a million miles away from sort of Levante David in terms of total tackles, which was a little surprising when I, I drilled down into the stats. Um, and again, a bit like Davis at corner, we we like him to sort of go again this season and, and maybe just nudge over those, that sort of 200, um, 200 fancy point mark. Um, could he push for a top five DB position? Maybe not, um, but I certainly reckon he might be in and around the top 10. Yeah. Um and there's, there is actually, to be fair, there's a valid case to make for uh, fellow safety uh, Jordan Whitehead. Solid season, um, you know, 175 fantasy points. So again, there's not much between him and Winfield. Um, so, but for me, yeah, there are better safeties out there than Jordan Whitehead, a few of which we've we've already covered. Um, but, you know, again, later rounds, if he's on the board and if he's going to, you know, he's only 24. He's if he if he sort of continues along the same lines, um, putting up the same sort of stats, then he's yeah he's going to be close to that 200 pound mark. So again, you could do a lot worse. Um, 
you know, I mean, you, the, the problem is with these with these secondary positions. You know, if you want a top one, you're going to have to go early. You know, to to get or as Nathan Steele from me, Jamal, you know, or Jamal Adams. But um, but if you can, I'll let it go. I won't I won't mention it again. But if you pick up the likes of you know Winfield a bit later on after the mm. the Adams and the Buda Bakers are off the board, um, and he goes over 200 points, that's value for money. And he's still a young player, as I've said. So you're then looking at if he does kick on and, and sort of get in and around that that top 10, possibly pushing top five DB position. You know, as I know a lot of the guys are big on this on on the five yard fam. You know, you've got you've got a real asset then. And then you, you, you're in a position to say, well, OK, you know, do I do I sell him on a bit of a profit or so? You know, he, he could be um, yeah, yeah it could be good value for money like- for me. I like Winfield Jr. I remember when it was mm. uh, like Chin come out and it was Winfield Jr. and obviously our DB Terrell and that and, and, and all these uh, Gladney was it? Um, this was like the 2020 draft. Um, yeah, there was a, that was it's a real great. I thought a lot, great draft for secondary, especially safeties. Um, I I rate Winfield Jr. I think he's going to become a, a top safety. I do. Yeah. And yeah. I, yeah. I think he's definitely the pick. It. it, it, it if we project him at DB5 and we look at that and we say that that kind of uptick, he was averaging what just 11.3 points a game. That's the de- uh, uh, mate, that's decent, yeah, that's decent, and yeah. a slight uptick on that. Um, yeah, we- I, I mean, we, we've got him adding, yeah, somewhere in the region of sort of 40 to 45 points to his, his fantasy total this season. Yeah, um, do yeah. you know what? Do you know what? The v, the Vita thing of him being fit makes a huge amount of difference to to Tampa when he plays. Yeah. It's they, it's an easier game for everybody else in that, uh, in that front, definitely. He causes, mm. he, he seems to take a lot of attention. Uh, such a big guy, and that's the the problem with him on the field. I think you get that added pressure, and I think then yeah, there's some more chances for the for the secondary to pick up some interceptions, you know, force um, you know, uh, pass defense, and, and all this kind of stuff. And it, yeah, I, I do think that, I do, do think there's good value. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. I mean, that's what that's why I've sort of um, picked up on it because I, I think he will. You know, at least I, I don't think he's going to be a, a forgotten man. Maybe that's a bit of a stretch, but um, if you compared the two of them, it wouldn't be the massive shock next season. Winfield Junior got close to the same score as Jeremy Chen. However, you're probably going to be picking him up four rounds later. So mm. this is that kind. This is the kind of balance between the two where you go Jeremy Chen this year. Yeah, if you're willing to, if you're willing to go for it, absolutely fine. But he mm. could. You know, that was his breakout season, and people didn't know too much about him, and now they do. That's that that side of it as well. When yeah, uh, yeah. so so yeah, and and this this is exactly why you know when we opened with you know talking about sort of how how some of the big players have come off the board, and you were saying um, it, it, you know it translates to any position, but the defences, which is why it's, it is so interesting and why, why yeah. we're really enjoying sort of doing this pod. It's, you know, the, the obvious ones are going to go early and then it's a case of, right, well, I'm going to yeah. sit back. I'm going to 
focus on, you know, I'm going to build my running backs, I'm going to build my receivers, I'm going to look at a tight end, and then I'm going to start looking for some value later on. People, you know, people that have been missed, yeah. that have slipped through the net. I mean, um, this, this is it. When you look at it as well, you don't really, the depth that we go into, strictly speaking, when you think, say we cover off two linebackers from each team, well, that's 64 linebackers. Well, I mean, I don't know what size league you're drafting in, but you probably pretty much, when you think about it, you've put, you've covered those linebackers straight away. So when you talk about, you know, it's when you, it's really the comparison and we might go on, well, we probably will go on to this in one of our next, uh, not next pods, but in the next um, sort of section of pods would be um, comparing the guys that we've picked about exactly when you compare them like for like. So for example, picking a, a Kendricks, we talked about was it last week we did Minnesota? No, the week before we did Minnesota. Week before, yeah. So it's picking up an Eric Kendricks over go for Devon White. So I mean, mm. where you're going to be probably paying over the odds for Devon White at this moment in time. And it wouldn't surprise us if you know there was not much points difference between Kendricks and White. The draft, you're going to be taking him three, four rounds later. And that's mm. that kind of value pick which you should be, you know, you, you should be taking into consideration. And that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the key against these big names, just like Shaq Barrett. So Shaq Barrett is a great, you know, he's going to probably be DL8 or around that sort of like those kind of uh, top 10, 15 DLs. Uh, but if you're going to go Shaq Barrett, that's absolutely fine. But again, he's another one that people love to love to go in for quite early. Um, mm. You might You might be better off waiting a bit and getting a JPP who might, who will probably outscore him. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, he did last season um, and the, the only, I mean, just, just summing up the books quickly. I mean, and starting with the D line, um, I, I've gone Shaq Barrett purely because like you say, JPP. You've got age as well. Mike. You have. So, I yeah, mean, th- yeah, th- side. yeah. So it's, um, and as I said, you know, you do worry, you know, will he, you know, he's not getting any younger. Will he, will he make all 16 games? Um, but if he does, the, the numbers look good. You know, he, he will, if he stays fit, he goes again um, and he racks up over 200 points. That's, yeah. that's how we see it. Um, linebacker, well, Devin White, um, it's no brainer if he's available. But again, you know, he's, he's, he's off the board early and you're going to have to sort of go big or go home on, on White. Secondary, yeah, I think Nathan and I are definitely on the same page. Um, with Winfield, I, I think you know I, I completely agree with what Nate's saying. Um, I think he's 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 got all, all the trademarks to be a you know a really really top safety for the next you know four yeah. five six years. Um, yeah. And then one to watch. Um, well, I suppose technically, I guess it should be the rookie edge Joe Tryon because if there is an injury to the likes of JPP, um, I think he would slot in. Um, the Bucks haven't, you know, taken him as early as they did in in, in the draft for you know for the fun of it. Um, but you will have to be patient with him. So with the one to watch, I, I'm going to cheat a little bit and I'm going to include um, I'm going to include the comeback kid Vita Vea. Um, yeah, cool. Say, so, look, if if he if he slides a bit, all right. I know he's not a rookie, um, and he's a nose tackle, so he's he's yeah. kind of limited to. to so, go. but but uh, as you said, um, for I mean, when you're talking nose tackles, not many people are going to be picking those because they probably don't have to. as such. Mm. However, you do get. I mean, there's a big chance out of somebody like Vitavea that you you're still going to get maybe eight nine points a game out of him. 
Well, I still very, that's a kind of a safe floor bet if you had to, you know, say you've missed out on everybody else that you didn't really know about and he is there and we're in a real deeper league. It's definitely a shy mate. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for all we, I was sort of, you know, affectionately talking about Sue, and you know, past his prime, and and you know, probably starting to creak a little bit. Um, but you know, he, he fair play to him. He, he he was involved in all sixteen games last season. All right, he had to be because you know, <laughs> Faye fractured his legs <laughs> leg. But um, yeah. so, no, yeah, hundred and forty points. You like fair play? Still, still yeah. decent. Still decent points all. Yeah, yeah, but he, he's he's sort of one. Yeah, he's he's definitely one sort of further down the list. Um, so yeah, that cool. pretty much covers off uh, covers off our world champs. So going from the world champs, we're going to go over to um, I don't know what what can we give them. We give it. We're going to give them the title. We call them the. They are the. Well, we could say, old we could boys. say it's a start. It's a start contrast. <laughs> the old boy. Yeah, the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl haulers. You know, I don't know what the haulage guys. I don't know what they. Yeah, is. They're experienced. Experience is, yeah, an understatement. I mean, <laughs> it's quite incredible, really, when you look at and and just to touch on position players and things like that. So, so when we talk about um, drafting uh, linebackers, when we don't, we haven't really touched too much on ages um, of players too much. Now, there's a lot of depth in the linebacker court, and I'll tell you kind of why. So, because they play to a certain age and there's a lot of them at that age so if you looked across the league you'd find a lot of linebackers dls and that in that early 30s quite a lot of them and then you'd find a big core of guys that probably are on the edge of making it um but we don't know too much about them um and they will be earmarked to be coming to step in to those who want eventually to take over from those guys um it's not like that too much with the like the wide receiver core. When you look at those, where you think to yourself, there's not that they wouldn't take out that amount of percentage of of um, like the older players would take the percentage of the starting team. You know, you could probably name quite a few of the older wide receivers because they're kind of well, well known and already. You know, they but it's quite a few. It's 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 a small amount compared to when you're talking about the core top players with. The linebackers, you'll find that a lot of these top players, when we say about a JPP, even people like Aaron Donald, um, Demario Davis, these are star players still this year, probably next year, and they're in their prime. You know, you know what I mean. So it's kind of like sometimes there's not too. It's, I find that you know oh, I'm going to talk about the the players that I'm going to pick pick at the Saints, and they are all over the age of thirty. You've still got to pick them up. And this is why, because of the amount of dominance that these guys seem to possess. Who's going to step in to replace them is a very difficult question. Going on to when we talk about wide receivers and things like that, often you've got rookie wide receivers. It's pretty obvious often who's going to step up into the next spot because they're actually probably on the field as the wide receiver two, wide receiver three or four. You know, with the linebackers um, and the DLs, it's often not that obvious because the teams can't seem to function without these aging players on the field. They're, they're that far advanced, you know, to get to that position. So they will, they will play them until they're finished. And one of them straight away that I'm going to talk about is Cam Jordan, right? Cam is 32 years old. He's had 11 years in the NFL, six pro bowls under his belt. Um, he's one of the top all pro defensive ends in the NFL. 
2019, he got 15.5 sacks. So, he was 31 then. Um, he signed a three-year, $24 million contract extension, um, which has re- recently been restructured. Exactly the same happened to Demario Davis, who I'm just about to talk about. Um, that sees him through to 2023. So, you know, this, this is the kind of investment that they're making in somebody at that age um, who you might think, oh, he's not a dynasty dynasty pickup and he probably isn't but if you're looking at if you're looking at two years okay he might be not he's not not probably going to make that third year but the t- second year he, he's still probably there or thereabouts and because of the amount of um points that he can stack up he's got to be in the mix he's got his 7.5 sacks in 2020 so a bit of a a a, a a downer on on that uh and that was probably part of trey hendrickson was there trey hendrickson's now gone um to the bengals um which is a bit of a loss to to new new orleans and we'll see, yeah, see he, he had a bit of a breakout season for them last year didn't they i mean 13 and a half sacks and that, that's got to be a bit of a that's got to sting a bit absolutely yeah i mean yeah 13 and a half sacks like you said in 2020 for for we'll talk about him I'm sure he's going to be the pick or there or thereabouts when you're talking about their dressers at the Bengals they also lost so before I go back to uh, Cam Jordan just talk about quickly who else New Orleans Saints lost they lost Janoris Jenkins at corner and Quan Alexander Quan Alexander didn't play much anyway but their their aging defence is still a top defence and the pressure will be on them in 2021 because it's such a tough division, which includes some massively talented offences, which we've mentioned before. So they need to carry on as they're doing. And as I mentioned, it's not very easy for them to swap players out that might be good enough. You're going to stick with Cam Jordan and players like that. So Cam Jordan would be my pick at DL um, at this point in time. There are people sort of waiting in the wings possibly Marcus Davenport could be the outside pickers who the guy is replacing Trey Hendrickson. However, he hasn't really shown much yet and I'd be very, very cautious taking him. Yeah, so I would be going Cam Jordan all, all day. Just just pick him up, especially in redraft. He's nailed on. And going over to linebacker, <laughs> Demario Davis. Now, this, this guy is a tackle machine. He signed with the Saints as a free agent in 2018 and his in his free season with the Saints, he's racked up at least 110 tackles every season. Davis is a points machine, um, but the question is how much is left in the tank at this moment in time? Again, you've got to draft him. Got to draft him for this season, if your eyes are on this season, and even part of next season. They might start to fade him out next year, but I think he's nailed on for this one. 234.5 fantasy points last season. Uh, It was the LB15 we have him uh, projected as the LB10 in 2021. Um, he finished with so, uh, 73 solo tackles and four sacks last season. Um, he is a definite early round pick for people. And I would even take him in redraft, you know, it, with that, with maybe having a punt on his replacement. You know, we haven't really gone into handcuffs, but there is, you can do that with these kind of positions because there are a few. And I'll talk about my outside pick. And that will be a guy that could be the hanker for somebody like Demario Davis. Um, going on to DB, um, again, age. Now, this one tops the tops the lot. 33-year-old Malcolm Jenkins, three bowl, pro bowls, um, but exactly like Demario and Cam, it's getting close to the end for him. 
However, you still got to go for him because he's still the best pickup at the DB for the Saints. If you're looking for dynasty picks, the Saints aren't really the place to go for you guys at this moment in time. But redraft and um, if you want to win, you if you're targeting winning your league this year, this is where you got to go for me. Um, so his 2020 performance was um, three interceptions, 69 solo tackles. He was the DB four. And he finished with 224 points. I mean, 33 years old. Ugh, I mean, it's staggering, really. We've got we've got him. We've got him projected as a DB3 next year. I mean, he's getting better. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, the the thing is, is you until you see somebody breaking through, you think, oh, he's going to replace these players. You got to keep going with them. Um, and it's kind of still a safe option because even if somebody does come in throughout the season or they start to have a bad season, then your waiver wires are probably reasonably strong and you know what their replacement is nine times out of ten going to be on there so you know if you're if you're on it if you're on the ball with it i'd still be going um malcolm jenkins for me um so my outside pick talking about replacements and this is a bit of a punt because as i said how it works with these replacements these kind of rookie linebackers zach Bourne is the guy i'm going for um he was picked up uh, 74th overall in the 2020 draft, with, uh, 2020 draft, which was uh, day three. Um, Zach, now he's, um, yeah, he's 24 years old, so he's actually been around the game quite a bit, not the youngest rookie. Um, uh, the noise coming out of New Orleans is that he may be the weak side linebacker this year. If he is, that will be really interesting to see him on the field. And it might be able to give you that... Um, paint that picture of whether he is going to be the man to sort of take up take over one of the big jobs there and whether he is going to be yeah the next man kind of up um yeah he didn't get much of a shot in 2020 he did i think it was a hamstring injury that he had that really knocked him back um he played not many snaps and and just wasn't really there however they had again i mean like i said they had Quan alexander there as well so again another aging linebacker uh was on their roster so so he was quite a long way down the depth chart um there's some big shoes to fill in the future so you know, he's definitely one that I would stash maybe, and it could turn out to be absolute gold um, going forward. So yeah, that pretty much. I don't think that that pretty much concludes it for um, for for the safe. So, Bren, you got anything more to add to any of that? Um, no, I think <clears throat> just briefly on the on the Saints. Um, well, on both the teams you covered. Um, yeah, I mean, I. I it looks like, I mean, they are, I mean, you know, I, I do like you, you know, your outside pick at, at sort of Zach Bourne. Um, certainly, you know, at the moment, he, I mean, he finished the season, you know, not far off of sort of, you know, um, just looking down the stats now. So he was, yeah, I mean, if you can pick him up round about sort of the LB190 mark and he, <laughs> he goes on to have a, you know, a storming sort of 2021 season, then, uh, yeah. Absolute bargain, but they they have also yeah it it is an agent side you know some of these guys are not going to go on forever, um, but it it looks like you know they have tried to you know they've certainly started to make strides to address that certainly with this year's draft um, you know I mean you look at who they took in the first three rounds um, you know defensive end in, in Peyton Turner in the first um, linebacker Pete Werner mm. in, the, in the second. Um, and then and then they took a corner in the in the third. So yeah, um, I think I they are conscious of the fact that you know a lot of these top players 
have, have maybe got another season or two before they, and hopefully they are building for the future. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. It's a, it's a weird one though with the Saints. I mean, this constant recap, this cap restructured stuff that they do where they constantly like they're exceeding the cap and then suddenly they restructure all these deals. I mean, they've got to pay them in the end. So they're just pushing, hmm. they're pushing the issue back. So what it does make me wonder when they're going to seal the deal on some of these kind of players did like these, these young kids coming through, they've got, it is such a it's such a win now mentality at New Orleans, and I didn't pick up on that. I didn't pick up on the rookie, even though they've invested in him and they've had a go, and 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 he could be a long yeah, you know, you could be still waiting a good couple of years to see too much of him. Yeah, I mean, if if I mean looking at Peyton Turner, who who was their their first round pick, um, I, I did read a I've done a bit of reading up on him earlier today, and um, some of the pundits are not. For a first round sort of defensive end pick, <laughs> no, no. they're not overly, they're not overly in love with this guy. Um, I can remember watching. And they some feel of the, he's a bit sort of. Some I, th- of the I, think, I think rough and rough and ready comes across. <laughs> some of the reactions from the Saints fans during draft night was quite interesting with him because he was another one that just everybody went who. I can't remember who was on the board at the time, but it wasn't Quitty Pay or anybody that big. But it was still some absolute well-known people on there, and it was all like. Again, you know, the Saints are another one. The drafting's just not for them half the time. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I when, be... when you can pick up players like Demario Davis as a free agent, you think, well, hey, <laughs> we don't need to worry too much about the draft. Well, you know, this is exactly what they might do, though, and that's what kind of that's what kind of cons- not concerns me. But the thing is, is on their cap space that they might just actually stick with veterans in a funny way. It's a weird way to play. And, and certainly not, you know, the likes of Carolina, even the Falcons. They're not, they're not doing that. They're trying to rebuild. Mm. Um, yeah, Tampa, Tampa yeah. are a bit, Tampa are a bit different because I mean they have got such an elite core, and they're not. Uh, to be fair, they're not actually that old. A lot of the, a lot of the Tampa players, they're surprisingly young in quite a lot of positions. And to be, f- and also mm. what, what they've got is they've got, you know, you know where you've got uh, a JPP, you've got a Shaq Barrett. Um, you know yeah. what I mean? You've got straight away. There's somebody who is already younger and actually is decent straight in behind. And it, yeah, uh, Tampa, were, um, Tampa are kind of out of this kind of conversation when it comes to the aging side of things because you've got Carolina that are, seems to be very youthful, restarting everything. They've, it's like they've just gone wiped the safe clean a few years ago and now they've gone, right, all these, we're going to go, we're going to invest in these kids and they're going to be good kids and we're going to do it our way and that's how we're going to go. With the Saints, you know, it's not, it's very much the opposite of that, which is we know we're good. We know we're a good defence. We're probably, we're up there in the top five, well, not five, ten defences every year. And it's based on these guys and we've still got these guys and we're going to carry on with these guys until they, until their legs fall off and then we'll get new guys <laughs> then. But we, at this point, run, run those bus on. <laughs> yeah. But at this point, we're not going to re- we know what I mean. It's like, you look at it and think, yeah, it's not like that. If, 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 in- if a big injury comes to one of those guys, I mean, it is a, it's a funny old set. It's a funny old setup in New Orleans when it comes to that, this, you know, that side of things. They got very, you know, offensively as well. It's, it's, you know, nobody seems to know what the hell is going on this year. Um, And and, and the same thing's happened again with Michael Thomas and they haven't done anything about it. 
cap space no. or no cap space, they've still not done anything really about it. It's like Thomas was out last year. It hampered him. It was a broken year. Well, he was brilliant the, first, that, the year before that. And now he's injured. Now he's injured again. And it's like, okay. So now it's like, oh, we're going to throw the ball to Alvin Kamara all the time. And you go, you can't keep doing. You can't. You know, you're you're not going to be relevant if they keep. Well, they'll be no, okay, and, and but this they is won't why be I know there's there's been uh, talk by some of the guys on on the offensive side of it with New Orleans about you know this this uncertainty and um and I think it was Murph or, or Rich was touching on it recently and um, and just how much stock has been put in you know someone like the tight ends Adam Troutman and you, you, it, on the face of it it looks. A bit bonkers, really. But now I'm yeah. not complaining because I I took him in the draft. You know, he's been sitting sitting on my bench for for a while now, and I'm thinking, hey, no, that's fine. You know, if he's going to be the starting tight end, and they they've got some rather limited options there. But again, that's only going to work if, in my opinion, if if you know, Jameis Winston's at, at, you know under center. Well, um, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, so, it, yeah, it's all a little bit. It's all a little bit bizarre. It does. It does. It does. I don't know whether they went all in on you know when it was Breeze in the past two three years where they've kind of gone maybe all in on their expecting to do to win a Super Bowl and it just hasn't really worked and now they're really paying the price for it um, financially because they do you know all these guys are on some seriously big money um, and obviously we know they've got one of the better offensive lines which God they need it. Because mm. they've got to create lanes for Kamara, even though he's fantastic and he can do it himself. But he's still got to, he's got a period of time where he's got to be a field. And it's, now you've got no Drew Brees, so there's shorter pass game might be, you know, and Thomas isn't there. You look at it and go, oh, it's just a little bit. And it, 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 it feels the same in the defence as well, slightly, where it's like you've got these guys, these top guys. So I've named three of them today. Um, if they're not there, then where are you going? You've got a bag full of rookies that just look like they're kind of fish out of water stuff where it's like, you know what I mean? You just think. Yeah. And I think you're right. I mean, my, my concern, I mean, I, I do genuinely worry. I'm not a Saints fan by any stretch, but um, a, a few injuries and you could end up with New New Orleans having a real car crash of a season. Yeah. Because, you know, the defence, okay, if everyone stays fit, is still good, um, as you've said. But... They've never been a team for the, me. No. They're it, not for me. The, they've never been a team. They've all, they're have they full of... They're full of star individuals and some great ones mm-hmm. as well. But they're, but now those star individuals are getting older. And the issue is, mm-hmm. is you can't fall back. Like, look at what Tampa have done. And Tampa have got stars, superstars. The best, the biggest in the game is one of them. But oh my god, have they got a team mentality now? And you, they yeah. re-signed everybody, and yeah. it just looks like you know. And also, it's that kind of like next man up stuff. They do that really well, and it's really yeah. impressive to watch it. Um, it's the same with the wide receivers as well. We've watched. I mean, look at that. When you talk about New Orleans and you talk about Tampa, let's take out. So you take out a Chris Godwin or a Mike Evans, and you go, okay, not both of them. Let's just do one, like what Thomas has happened. Well, you've got the other one. So you've got, and then you were expecting one Tyler Johnson come in. He done really well. And then you had, you know, you made some outrageous catches. Antonio Brown's there. You've got, you know, and it goes on and on and on. The depth is just huge, let alone Scotty Miller and all these other kids and that you think, oh, he might get a shot. And you think, 
fantasy wise, um, they've just got there's just so many players to pick from and so many good players. Linebacker course massive. It's um, Tampa, and they're really good. They're really good. I mean, we say Levante David. Levante David would be a lead. Top, he would be the top linebacker in a lot of teams. Jamal Dean would probably be one of the top corners in a lot of teams. Um, yeah. Sean Murphy Burnton, he's a decent, he's, he seems decent. It's, you know, you've got lots of good players. Obviously, you mentioned Colton Davis. It's just bags of them. Um, they're, they're an exceptional side. And I just think, yeah, they're, they're, and when you look at somebody like New Orleans trying to compete with them, you're like, I'd rather go with Carolina. I'd pick Carolina and even Falcons for the longevity of it, even though they're a long way off the Falcons and they're actually playing very poorly. There's little things, the signing of Pitts, the, you know, they've let Julio go, which some people might not have liked, but I actually thought no, because I think that's exactly the right thing. It's Calvin Ridley's time. Mm. And now it's time for the, and it's the next wave. We saw some of those other kids come in um, that played wide receiver, Russell Gage, and a few other ones that, that played last season. They've done well. If they could sort their running game out, the Falcons could be all right. As It could be could be a decent offense again. Um, mm. Defense, they've still got time. But again, they've, they've kind of rebuilt it. They lost a lot of players. So if you put the... The one where they got to, they won the divisional championship, didn't they? Going back, how long was that? 2017, 18? I can't remember. Yeah, two, two, about three, three years ago, something like that. Yeah, that that side there is completely different side. So they virtually had to rebuild. When, like we're talking about the Saints, it's probably the same bloody side, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and you look at that and you think to yourself, wow, Atlanta are more of a transitional team, and like you said, the Panthers are. The ta- and Tampa have, have transitioned and now they're elite. And you look at that and you think, "Whoa!" Oh, I just I do worry for New Orleans. I don't. I, they need they need to look at the future a little bit more than they are. And same yeah. with the with the QBs. I mean, seriously, Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. They they are they the future of the franchise? Really? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, they're, but they're not alone in that one, are they? I mean, you look at what's, you know, you, you look at Denver and go, well, you know, is, is, is it going to be Drew Locke? Is it going to be Teddy? Um, Denver did try with Drew Locke and there was glimpses of Drew Locke and there's still, you know, some people still holding that. There's a lot of rumours. He, he might he might be, you know, starting under centre come but, the, the beginning of the season. But, so. but with New Orleans, they just haven't done it. They've gone, mm. they've gone for a fucking tight end. And said, you know, it's high 10 now playing quarterback. And that's our guy. We're going to pay him big. And then we're going to go for that. And you go, I I don't get it. I just don't get it. At that point in time, I'd have kept, and he's great. He's a great gadget player, Taysom Hill. And he might turn out to prove me wrong. If he does, brilliant. But there's nothing to say at the moment that he is anywhere near the franchise franchise guy. Um, And you look at it and you go, I, I wouldn't have done that. I, I definitely would have gone, you know, I'd have probably gone. Um, I wouldn't have bothered paying somebody like Taysom Hill. I'd have probably looked at one of my aging players, seeing if I could get them off the roster, maybe trade them away to maybe upgrade the pick and then pick up a quarterback mm. um, of decent, a decent, and um, probably should have done that a couple of years ago. Cause Drew yeah, was, you know what I mean? You just look at it and think, I just don't get it at the Saints. Don't get their they've got they've got no view for the future a lot of the time. That's what I feel. 
Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't disagree. So, I mean, with that in mind, and we've, I know we're looking at a couple of these teams, Atlanta and Carolina in particular, uh, are going to definitely be sort of defences for the future. Um, but we've got to do as we always do with the division for this season. And so who are we like in sort of, you know, in the South for our, our sort of one through four top oh, defence? It's it. It's easy. It's it's quite easy for me at the moment. I mean, it is ta- it's Tampa one, Saints two, Carolina three, Atlanta four, and I think I think it speaks for itself. Really, I suspect that's how they rank out points wise. They um, but again, the the, the difference is the Saints. You know, it's it's just you you take those you take those players out. And they, you know, you know that those players, those players won't be there in two, three years. Mm. So where will their defense be then? You know, will yeah, they still be second yeah. when Carolina, Carolina's guys are going to be three years yeah, older? I, I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I would have, I, I would have, yes, I think because of the, the experience in that, that Saints defense, you, you can't argue with it, and the stats don't lie. Um, so I, I would have them ranking exactly the same, but. I think give it another mm-hmm. yeah, 12, 12, 18 months and, and Carolina are gonna be mm-hmm. there or thereabouts. Yeah, um, and and again and the Falcons where they where they go, at least they're trying to have a go at it. They're trying to have yeah, a go at I'd, it. I'd I'd like to see them I, I really do think they've I, and I, you know it's maybe stating the, the obvious, but I, I they've I think they, they really benefit from a, a another top cornerback. Um, to to improve that, I'd like to see them improve that that secondary. Mm. Uh, they're solid at linebacker. Grady Jarrett aside, I think they're they're, they're lacking maybe a, a bit of real talent in that D line. I mean, I don't know what their situation is with with sort of cap space at the moment. You've touched on not great. Off, offloading great. Julio Jones, so you know you just can't help but think if if there was a bit more space there, you know, in the cap, you know, and <sighs> If oh God, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have to put it in the swear jar because I'm going to mention Xavier Howard, but yeah, I know what you mean. You know, you, you know what I mean. If you think if they had the money and assuming that Miami are going to hold firm and this whole thing's going to go south with Howard, I mean, it, God knows if there was a team out there that would benefit from Xavier Howard coming in, then you've got to say Atlanta would you know would be, but he, he ain't. <laughs> the reason he's probably going to be out of Miami is he is going to cost. A packet. Mm. So, um, but it was it is interesting what the Viking when I said earlier about the the secondary and well, we were very similar the Vikings and Atlanta last season for the way we played. Um, uh, sorry, the way we way it all went really. We we went rookies um in in uh, our cornerbacks and so did they and um they started them so did we um we got torched so did they um and it, it sort of like part it. It went like that. This season, obviously, we've gone inside a veteran corner, Patrick Peterson. They didn't. It's an interesting reaction from the two two very similar sides last season have gone mm. to not two different ways, but I mean they've lost. They've lost uh what's his name? Keanu Neos probably was the most senior in the secondary. However, he didn't spend mm. too much time in the secondary because he obviously has now decided that he's a linebacker. Um, <laughs> but, well, yeah, I mean, they, they brought in Richie Grant, haven't they? So, yeah, but again, he's another he, he, young rookie. The one thing you say about the Falcons last season, and yeah, we've, as you've said, you know, we, we've got a, a good mutual friend who's who's a, a huge 
Falcons fan. They, they weren't boring. Um, you know, there was some basketball score type games last season. Um, but, but, you know, they'll put points on the board. You know, Matt Ryan, you know, he's, he's, he's still a quality QB in my book. Um, I like, you know, okay, they've, they've lost Jones, but, you know, I, I like Ridley. I, and I'm, I'm obviously, you know, everyone wants to see what Pitts is going to do. Have they invested, you know, a bit too much sort of faith in him? Well, there were a lot of teams looking at him. So you think he's, he, I think he'll be the real deal. So I think on the offensive side of the boards, I think it'll be kind of same again. I, I think they will be fun to watch. Um, you know, I, I like Ryan. He's a bit of a gunslinger. Um, so if they can just, you know, close out a few more games on the, the defensive side of it and just, you know, stop giving away so many cheap points on the, you know, on, from a, a passing perspective, then um, yeah, I'd, I, I would look, I, I think they'll have a better season than last year. Um, mm. So, um, yeah. Okay. So that was, um, yeah, that was the, the one through four was definitely a lot more straightforward than um, when we picked apart the NFC West last year. Cause I, I don't think the three of us agreed on any no. of them really. <laughs> so every, we all had a difference at one to four. Um, okay. Um, is there anything else we need to touch on before we close this out? I don't think so. The only thing I'd say that um, I just want to say uh, I'm away next week. So we're going to be breaking for a week where um, obviously it's, it's actually we've just ended the NFC, which is quite uh, quite a decent si- time to do it. Uh, but yeah, we'll be, to- we'll be coming back uh, in two weeks time, starting in the AFC. We haven't decided which division we're going to go for yet. So the, the one thing, I mean, before we close out, um, and uh, as Nathan touched on, we're, we're going to have a little bit of a break. Um, just you know, get yourself on the, uh, the five yard website um, because I mean, there's there's been a couple of I've, I've just sort of read through them over the weekend, um, last day or so. A couple of well, one of them's just come out today actually, but there's there's a couple of really good good articles. Uh, one from Rob, quite an interesting take on a few of the the tight end positions that uh, one or two players that in his opinion are going to be coming under a bit of pressure. Um, having read the article, rightfully so. And uh, there's a good one also from Pitsy about, um, you know, some of the the, uh, the 21 wide receivers that, um, you know, he's expecting to step up in their, their sort of second sophomore year. So, uh, yeah, get yourselves on the website. There's, um, there's some, some good new articles on there. Yeah, cheers, Bram. Well, guys, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks very much for tuning in and keep rushing. to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.